This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. sanctified positionally but it doesn't stop there you're being sanctified day by day practically Hebrew tells us that's it once and for all through the blood of Jesus Christ you're born again you're a new creation you're a son a daughter of God but in that process we are being sanctified day by day that is practically we are being sanctified made holy set apart as we grow in our faith and allow the Holy Spirit to work in us do you realize that as a disciple of Jesus Christ that you're being sanctified day by day. As you listen to today's message from Pastor Eddie, he shares with you that the Lord is taking you from glory to glory. As you continue to walk out your faith with fear and trembling, God is getting you where you need to go. Pastor Eddie explains that each and every day, God is working in you to make you look more like Him. And that is a beautiful thing. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 as he begins his message, Stand Fast. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, we're reading from verses 13 to the end, verse 17, verses 13 to 17. Paul writes this, but we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by God, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the spirit and belief in the truth to which he called you by our gospel for the obtaining of The glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or our epistle. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father, who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. Paul begins, but we, but we, we looked at verses 9 through 12, chapter 2, in where we saw Christ destroys the Antichrist and has destroyed those who rejected him and his way of salvation. But we, Paul says, are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by God. Why? Because God from the beginning chose you for salvation. From the very beginning, God chose you. He chose me for salvation from the beginning. And I think there's nothing greater that we can get on our knees and ask, give thanks to the Lord. Everything else is secondary. The fact that we have eternal life, the fact that we have salvation is something for us to be on our knees and be grateful and thankful. But before Jesus went to the cross, it tells us here that God from the beginning chose you 
for salvation. Before you were born, before God said, like be, before God created heaven and heaven, he has chosen you. He has chosen you. Charles Spurgeon says this, it's a good thing God chose me before I was born because he surely would not have afterwards. And I think that's great. <laughs> you and I, every born again believer in Jesus Christ, we were chosen for salvation from the very beginning. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Paul writes, just as he, Jesus Christ, chose us in him before the foundation of the world, here it goes again, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as son by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11 in him also we have obtained an inheritance being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will what we see here in scripture the fact that God chose you is the sovereignty of God it is the sovereignty of God that he has chosen you and I from the beginning, according to the good pleasure of, of his will, according to the counsel of his will. It is the sovereignty of God that he chose you for salvation to be saved, eternal life through his son Jesus Christ from the beginning. Now, you may say, but wait a minute, Pastor Eddie. I made the decision to accept Jesus Christ. I made the decision. I came to the cross. I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And did not God create us free moral agents? Yes. From the beginning, God created man with a free will. God, from the beginning, created man with a free will. And he has given man a free will to choose him. It's a choice. Man's free will is also scripture. We saw the sovereignty of God that he chose you. Now, we're going to look at scriptures about man's free will. Joshua said in 24, in Joshua 24, 15, he says, And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. When Jesus lamented over Jerusalem in Matthew 23, verse 37, he says this. He says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stoned those who are sent to her, how often I wanted to gather your, your children together as a hen gather her, her, her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Free will. Mark 8, verse 34. And when he had called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, whomever, anybody, anybody, whomever, desire to come to me, let him deny himself and take up the cross and follow me. It is a free will. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Romans chapter 10 verse 13, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's a free will. A free will. 
So yes, God created us as free moral agents. He gave us the option to choose or not choose God. He did not create us as robots. He did not force us, nor does he make us choose him. He has given us a free will. So you ask, which is it, Pastor Reddy? Is it the sovereignty of God, or is it man's free will? Short answer, yes. The long answer, yes. <laughs> but I don't understand. Good, neither do I. Some of you are wait a minute, you don't know what you're talking about, you don't know. This is called the doctrine of election. The doctrine of election. And many Christians, teachers, pastors, preachers, scholars, commentators have been trying to reconcile the doctrine of election for hundreds of hundreds of years. But they're side by side in the scriptures. And it works. It works. It just works. You find throughout the scriptures the sovereignty of God and man's free will go hand in hand. Just because our finite minds cannot understand doesn't mean that the two cannot be accepted. You know, when we look at the world of science, there are many, many, many things science do not understand. They do not understand. Scientists, for example, do not know where, the, where consciousness, the consciousness of the brain comes from. Scientists have no idea, nor can they pinpoint the area of the brain responsible for consciousness. But it works. Now here's another one and hope you could avoid it. Scientists don't know why we yawn. Okay, I'm not Reverend Nyquil. I don't want to put you to sleep. Or why is it contagious? They know we yawn because we're tired. They know people, you know, when one person yawns, it's like a chain reaction. We all yawn. But they can't figure out why. They can't figure out why a bumblebee, who's so big and have little wings, is flying. So that's in a bumblebee. Nobody knows that a little ostrich, a silly ostrich, who can't fly, but he outruns a horse. That's the way God designed it. Or even scientists have gone mad. I think that's the reason why the word mad scientist came is because they couldn't figure out how the atom works. The atom. What holds everything together? They call it atomic glue. I call it Jesus. All things consist, Colossians says. He holds everything together. They don't understand why. Even scientists, the scientists have committed suicide because they don't know how to split an atom and how it works. You have the neutrons, the protons, the, the electrons, the nucleus. They don't know why. They can't figure it out. But it works. It works. And there are many other things that we don't understand, but we know God understands. Another thing we don't understand is God to the fullest. You can never say you understand God to the fullest. Because if you understand God to the fullest, that means he's not God. <laughs> he's a small God. Your finite mind could figure out God. Then he's not the God of the Bible. And so, one of those things is the doctrine of election. God is sovereign, God is sovereign and he has given man free will to choose. This doctrine of election is ultimately based on God's foreknowledge. There's peace. So you know that God understands and God is behind this doctrine that been battling since Calvinist Arminism 500 years? 
predestination, but it's based on God's foreknowledge. That's why Paul makes it clear. Before the foundation, he chose you. Before he said, let there be, he chose you for salvation to have eternal life. The doctrine of election is ultimately God's foreknowledge. First Peter chapter two, chapter one, verse two, he says, elected according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, in sanctification of the Spirit for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter eight, verses 29 and 30, he says, for whom he foreknew, for whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to his image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Complete package. When it comes to Jesus, when it comes to salvation, complete package. Does anyone fully understand the doctrine of election? No. If you fully understand it, then you be God. A professor once said, if you try to explain election, you will lose your mind. But if you try to explain it away, you'll lose your soul. Well put. So you ask, okay, we have this, you know, doctrine of election. How do I know if I'm chosen? How do I know that when I read those that are chosen, how do I know? Easy. Use your free will to be chosen. Choose Christ. Very simple. Choose to be chosen. Someone gave the illustration is that you walk through a door. Instead of the exit, it says choose. Once you walk through the door, it says chosen. Very simple. Very simple. As, as Joshua said, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. As for me, I accept it by faith. By faith, I choose to serve God. And people get into all kinds of arguments. And I have so many, I would say, hyper-Calvinistic people that I've had discussions with. And sometimes I say, why am I, why am I even bothering? You take the train, I'll take the plane. Brother, you believe in Jesus Christ? Go ahead. But I believe Jesus differently. I don't want to argue with you about this. There are people who haven't heard about Jesus. People who haven't heard the gospel. And here we are, are saved. We just have two doctrinal beliefs. It's not putting one into hell or the other, but it's just two different doctrinal beliefs. But I love three times, saints, I want you to know, here's the answer if ever you come across one. A person that wants to argue about predestination, you know, some were chosen to go to hell, some were chosen to go to heaven. Three times the scripture says, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. For you students taking notes, Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4. Romans chapter 1 verse 17 and Hebrews chapter 10 verse 38. And then you find the father of faith. Go to the laws of first mention. When it means the righteous, the just, by faith, Abraham didn't have a Bible. Didn't, the Bible, Moses wasn't even in the picture yet. But he believed it was accounted to him as righteousness. That's an accounted firm, you know, a financial firm. It was 
accounted to him as righteousness because he believed. That's it. And people get caught up. That's all you got to do to be saved, to be chosen, just believe? Yeah. Believe in your heart. We're not talking about believe as a knowledge that there is a God. <laughs> There's a lot of people who believe there is a God, but they don't believe in the sense that they follow. You know, James says, hey, you believe there's a God. That's great. Even the, damn, the demons believe and then tremble. What's the difference? It's not a demon who's an atheist. They believe in God. They know there's a God. The point is, how you live your life, if you accept him as Lord and personal Savior, that is the difference. So Paul, back to 2 Thessalonians, verse 13, said, but we are bound to give thanks to you always for you, brethren, beloved by God, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit. And so the sovereignty of God chose you from the beginning and by the Holy Spirit you are being sanctified. Sanctification in the Greek is hagimos, which is the root word hagios, meaning set apart, holy. Holy, set apart. So you've been set apart from God. You see, before you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior, the Holy Spirit brought conviction. You know, parallel, para, parallel parking, paralegal, paramedic, worked alongside you. The Holy Spirit worked alongside evil murderers. murderers. He worked alongside me when I was a sinner. And when I came to the cross, now he's no longer alongside of me. Now he's in me, the Greek word en, and now at the day of Pentecost for service, epi, epi, upon me, for service. But the Holy Spirit brought conviction and brought you to the cross. You were a, a sinner and the Holy Spirit led you to the cross. And at that moment when you used your free will to be chosen, you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior. At that moment, you're sanctified. At that very moment, you're sanctified. But it doesn't stop there. Now pay attention. Pay attention. It doesn't stop there. You're sanctified, you're holy. At the moment you gave your life to the Lord. You said, but wait a minute, don't I got to clean up my... No, you've been cleaned. You've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. But wait a minute, what about my sin? All things are new. You're a new creation at that moment. You accept Jesus Christ. But what is the sanctification? Well, that's what it is. You're sanctified completely. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10, it says, But that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. So here it is. Positionally, once you accept Jesus Christ at that very moment, you're sanctified positionally. But it doesn't stop there. You're being sanctified day by day practically. Hebrew tells us that's it, once and for all. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, you're born again, you're a new creation, you're a son, a daughter of God. But in that process, we are being sanctified day by day. That is practically. We are being sanctified, made holy, set apart as we grow in our faith and allow the Holy Spirit to work in us to be more and more like Jesus Christ. Here it is, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. He said, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's a process. I am complete in Christ Jesus, Paul tells us also in 1 Thessalonians. You lack nothing. Isn't that incredible? When you come to the cross, you lack absolutely nothing from the king of king. Everything that you have, you have the inheritance. 
You have uh, unlimited access to the throne room of God. You have everything. You're complete. But he's also positionally, but he's also in the process. We are growing in our faith and we're being renewed day by day. And as we can see in scripture, one is not only made holy, it's not made holy by works, by rituals, by religious practices. That's not how you're made holy. That's not how you're set apart. That was done at the cross already. We're saved by grace, not by works, lest any man should boast. It's not by works. It's day by day, growing in faith. Day by day, it's not by rituals, again. It's not how much you pray, how much you read your Bible, how often you come to church. We don't, do, we don't do those things because we have to. We do them because we get to and we want to. You see, it's a relationship. Verse 13, we're really moving on, aren't we? But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. The truth. Who is the truth? Jesus Christ is in the person. Jesus says, John 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. So, we've seen that we're chosen by God, we're sanctified by God, but also we're called by God. You notice what Paul is doing here. If when you look, you, you tie it up. Remember, the Bible was never written, given to us in chapter and verse breaks. It's an epistle. It's a letter. He's letting you know, listen, you're not going through the great tribulation. You're not appointed to wrath. There's a honeymoon that has to take place. Why would God leave his bride on earth during the great tribulation? But look, you've been chosen. You've been chosen. You're being sanctified. You've been sanctified and you're being sanctified. And you've been called. Look at verse 14. He says, to which he called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. God has called you to salvation through the gospel of Jesus Christ, just as he calls all people to salvation. All people. This is where some denominations, they get into that position where some are chosen, some are not. Some are predestined, some are not. The hyper-Calvinistic view is that some were predestined to go to hell. Some others were predestined to go to heaven. The Bible doesn't tell, show me that at all. It doesn't show me that. Allow me to give you some scriptures. John chapter 3, we're going to read verses 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his own begotten son, that whosoever, anybody, and didn't say, but the chosen... <laughs> Did it say the chosen? No. But whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Pastor Eddie Pinero has been digging into the book of 1 Timothy with us here on Running the Race. There's so much more to learn from this New Testament letter, but our time has come to an end for today. Before we go, we'd like to invite you to visit our website to hear more messages from Pastor Eddie head over to runningtheraceradio.com. There, you'll also find a link to our podcast where you can subscribe to receive up-to-date messages each time they're available. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, why not come be a part of our weekly worship service? We gather each Sunday at 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. for Bible study, worship, and getting to know each other better. 
Find more information at runningtheraceradio.com. If you're in a place of blessing due to this radio ministry and you'd like to know how you can partner with us, we'd gladly accept your support. Here's Jessica to tell you more. Prayers for this ministry would be so appreciated. The opportunity for the lost to be reached over the radio is incredible. So please pray for our listening audience and that what's shared will alter people's lives forever. Another way you can support us is by prayerfully considering giving in a financial way. There's a lot of time and effort that goes into producing this program, and we're grateful for all who are willing to come alongside us to support the creation of each program. If you feel led to do this, you can find a Give tab at runningtheraceradio.com. We hope you'll join us again next time, right here on Running the Race.